listening to The Currency Welcome. I'm a guest and I am your host. This is March 28th, Sunday, and um, really good to be behind the mic as always. I love doing this podcast. Now, typically I'll do a whole thing on whatever's going on in the news. I'll take some news story and deconstruct it a little bit. Today I'm going to do something different. I mean, there's, a, there's just a ton of stuff going on. Ton of stuff. I mean, there... <laughs> Lil Nas X and his uh, Montero video, I, that was just like really messed up. And, and I'd, I'd love to comment on that a little bit. You got Joe Biden finally, finally, after a million days, I think it was a, a million days actually, giving his first presidential address. Um, it was, you know, he had that little thing where he's like, well, you know, it's like the thing when you, uh, and he stumbles around, he's like, ah, oh, well, whatever. And like, he just moves on. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things we've got. We've got the ever given or the evergreen, I can't remember which it is, stuck in the Suez Canal. We got so much going on, kiddos. But I want to talk about this stuff, but quite frankly, sometimes daddy just needs a break. <laughs> daddy just needs a break. Uh, I would love to talk about this, deconstruct it and so on. But I want to talk about something maybe a little bit more theoretical. I say theoretical. Look, it's quite applicable. You, you could listen to this and put it in, in practice immediately and it would have immediate effects. This is not so theoretical that it's impossible to implement. But I want to take a step back and just break away from the busyness of life. And share a thought with you that I think could help you because I know it's helped me. <laughs> and no, I'm not going to pimp a product today. <laughs> Brought to you by. So here's the thing. I have really over the last couple of years gotten into this guy. His name is John R. Boyd. You've heard me talk about him before. John Boyd, uh, Air Force Colonel, Colonel, Colonel. And um, he, he was responsible for oh, just so much sweet, sweet strategy. This guy, he, he used the, he's the bomb. They called him, they had a bunch of nicknames for him, but one of them was Genghis John. I mean, that tells you what kind of guy this is. But he came up with this thing called the OODA loop. And you're like, oh, shoot, Mike, not the OODA loop again. You're always hitting us with the OODA loop. I, it, this is just such a great, uh, great topic. And I want to pull out one aspect of the OODA loop. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're like, what's the OODA loop? Uh, I'm not going to get into it too much today, just out of, out of deference to my audience that have heard about this. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it more. So, you know, make sure you stick around. You can go through my catalog. I think there's some podcast episodes. If you go to my YouTube channel, actually, I did a, a couple of YouTube videos on John Boyd and the OODA loop. If you want to find my YouTube channel, it's just my name. It's Mike Gaston, and uh, you can check it out there. I, I, it's you know the, the John Boyd OODA Loop one. That's probably it's less than a year old, so it's it's relatively relatively recent. But I want to talk about one aspect, and you don't need to know about the OODA Loop for this discussion to be meaningful to you. But one of the things that Boyd talks about is the idea of action. And this is relevant to everything going on. It's relevant to politics. It's relevant to society, the culture wars. It's relevant to economics. It's relevant to your job, your marriage, whatever you got going on in your life. This concept is, is relevant. Now, Boyd was really big on helping fighter pilots win in battle. It's like, how can we teach our pilots to win? Especially in a dogfight. I mean, talk about stress. 
I remember listening to a YouTube video. You can watch it, but it's not much to see. But there's this recording of a dog fight that happens. And I think the dog fight is from the late 80s or early 90s. But it's the audio recording of one of the pilots. And it's amazing because as you're watching, it's telling you like, okay, um, the enemy targets like 70 miles out. And I think what it is, it's like two American pilots ended up splashing, shooting down. Listen to me. I'm such a fighter jock over here. Oh yeah. They splashed them. Like I know anything about this. (laughs) Uh, I do not have a military background, Uh, but I did stay at a holiday inn. So I'm sure I'm qualified. If you know the reference there that will date you, uh, dear listener, but but it just, it, it was the audio from a dog fight. These two American uh, fighter pilots tangling with, I think, at least one, if not two Soviet MiGs. They were not Soviet pilots, if I remember correctly. They may have been, oh gosh, I don't know if they were Egyptian or Iraq. I don't remember what they were. But it's what was amazing about it was, you know, you're dealing with an enemy that's moving at ridiculous speeds I and mean, hundreds of miles an hour. And, and when they're 70 miles out, they're really close. I mean, think about that. I mean, these guys are making decisions. And what struck me about that, and you hear the stress, like as they're getting into the combat is like, in the, I think the problem was you had these MiGs had incurred, um, you know, it was like an incursion over a line. They weren't, they were somewhere they weren't supposed to be. I think the American fighter jets are trying to tell them, Hey, turn around. You're, you're outside your area. You're in our area. Get out. They were not responding. They were acting hostile. They, they'd flipped on, they could tell they flipped on like their target lock uh, radar and so on. So it was like, this is going to be bad. And you know, their command control gave them permission to engage. And, uh, you hear this pilot kind of talking through what's going on what he's doing you hear his breathing get like really rapid, you know, there's like, like it's it's just the intensity, the adrenaline has to be nuts. But what was striking to me was just the distance out, the speeds at which they were going and, and how far out they had to be thinking. They weren't, you know, you and I drive, you come up to a corner, you make a turn, they're thinking about a turn miles and miles ahead of me. I mean, you know, what you decide to do now, you're going so fast by the time you start to act, you know, you've covered a lot of ground. So that was just interesting. But I want to talk about action today in regards to our lives and uh, what we're experiencing in our lives. And whatever you're concerned about, I think this is applicable, whether you're thinking about your role in the society that you find yourself in, whether you're thinking about how does how do my ideas uh, thrive in a culture that is hostile to them? How do I thrive in my work? Um, maybe you're responsible. Maybe you're an executive and you're thinking about how do we compete in, in a really crowded market? I mean, this is so relevant on a number of levels. And one of the things that, that Boyd identified is that life is full of conflict. And I think this is one of the things that, you know, I hear people go, oh, strategy, oh, conflict. Why, do, why does it always have to be so competitive? Why, do you, why, is business, why are business people so wound up on competition? Why don't they learn for, to find win-wins or to get along? That's all fine. Like you can look for win-wins. You can look for uh, strategic relationships and partnerships. And so on. that's fine. I mean, you know, look, that's, that's a way to deal with conflict is to make 
make a partner, align interests. But the fact of life is life is full of conflict. That's just, is, that's just, the, that's just the nature of life. And if you don't like it or, or you think that it's otherwise, look around you and just be honest with yourself. It's full of conflict. There's something really fascinating about action, taking action. So one of the things when you find yourself in a situation, we often feel helpless. You know, we look around us and we're like, I'm in this situation. I don't like it. You could be competing for a, a job position. You could be uh, trying to try to get your product to market. It could be all kinds of things. You could be looking at the political world around you and you could just be saying to yourself, I, I don't like the situation I'm finding myself in. But we often feel helpless. We, we just assume that the environment that we are finding ourselves in is static or that somebody else controls it or that, you know, we're this kind of helpless cog. Now, in certain environments, we are helpless. And I'll get to that in a minute. But that, but that feeling of helplessness is actually incorrect often. It's often incorrect. And here's why. You may not know how to f- solve the problem, to fix it, uh, I was going to say. You, don't, you may not know how to fix your situation. But, but there's something really amazing about action. And that is that every time you or I act, every time we do something, an action doesn't have to be amazing. It doesn't, you know, the word action, you think of action hero, action movie, <laughs> you know, but an action is really just, you know, our will, you have a will, you have a desire to do something. It's, it's our will put into action. It's, it's us imposing our will on the world around us, on our environment. It could be as simple, an action can be as simple as standing up from a seated position. You're sitting in a chair in a room. An action can be as simple as standing up. It can be as dramatic as, you know, investing all your money in GameStop. (laughs) You probably got your stimmy. You know, I think everybody got their stimmy checks, uh, well, depending on your earnings, but I think people are getting stimmy checks this, this month, March. So actions can be all kinds of things. I mean, an action can be a smile. You can look at someone and smile, but here's what's amazing and often, you know, overlooked and, and, and underutilized. Here's the thing about action that is so amazing. When you are in an environment, which you always are, you're a physical being, when you find yourself in an environment and you act, when you act, you change that environment. And that's a really important thing to get your mind around. Now, some of you are like, Mike, this is like new age, you know, self-actualization stuff. No, this is, this is just truth. When you do something you are changing the environment. Now, here's where it becomes almost irrelevant. If you say, well, I want to change the country, the political landscape, you know, this big, broad thing. Okay, now I'm going to act. I'm going to do something. If you're going to do something that's, that's relatively normal, like stand up out of your chair or, you know, yell at the television, you're not going to have an impact on that environment. It's like in the middle of a hurricane, all this, all this energy, this kinetic energy, just like slamming around and you're and you're yelling at the top of your lungs. Well, you can't impact that hurricane. You just don't, you, you're inconsequential. 
And so I think the mistake people make is they look at the big environment they're in and they're unhappy about it. And they're like, I'm going to do something. Now, that's not to say that you can't get involved and you can't make a difference. You absolutely can. And, and I'm, not adv- I'm not advocating for this, but an, an individual can commit an act that can have national impact. Sometimes those acts are acts of kindness and sacrifice uh, that are exceptional and noteworthy and they get attention. And sometimes those are things like acts of violence. Often you'll see people that do these horrendous, uh, violent acts against humanity. They're wanting a bit of fame. They're wanting a bit of notoriety. They're trying to change the environment to, to, because of their narcissism, essentially. It's the same thing when you look at viral videos. I mean, these TikTokers, and I say these TikTokers, I've got a YouTube channel, so it's like I can talk, right? I mean, I'm putting my face out there. But they're trying to do something that will take off, and and they're trying to have an impact that is outsized, you know, larger than they are. They can do something that takes off, that catches on. You know, I had this silly little video. I did a video. I've I've mentioned this before. Most of you know about it. But I did this video on um, the Cybertruck. And specifically how I thought it was a branding masterstroke, the Cybertruck, when it released. And that video got, you know, almost 825,000 views. 820, almost a million people, 825,000 people have watched that video. And that's one guy sitting in his home with a video camera. I had a thought. I put together a video. I edited the hell out of it. It's not even a great video. The, the audio is terrible. Uh, just because of the mic I was using in the room, I have really needs, and you can hear in this even, the room needs sound treatment. I've got some low ceilings and hard surfaces. And anyway, that video caught on it. And I had an, I had an outsized impact on the world. I'm just one person with a little $900, $500 camera. I put a video out there and almost a million people engaged with it. That's pretty impressive. I was, I was blown away by that. But typically, that's not the case. That's a one in a million. I put out a lot of videos. That's one of my videos has had that kind of impact. And, and maybe I'll have a couple more successes like that down the road. But that's not normal. When we're looking at our circumstances, when we're looking at our lives, when we're looking at our situations, think about the power of action. Now, what? so there are two mistakes. One is that we assume that we are helpless, or we assume that our environment is static, or we assume that somebody else is controlling it. The fact of the matter is, and that's the first mistake, is to to think that the fact of the matter is we can, even if we can't control our environment, we can change it by acting. And it, it can be something very simple, and we all know this. You're in a discussion, maybe you're in an argument with somebody, blah, 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 and you decide to stand up. The two of you are sitting, or maybe there are four or five of you sitting around a table, maybe it's at work and there's a disagreement, whatever it is, as soon as you stand up, not only have you physically, okay, physically now one person standing up, you know the dynamic of the room dramatically changes. Whoa, what's going on? Sally Sally just stood up. She's angry. She's had it. Like you've changed the dynamic just by one simple action. And they don't have to be emotional. They don't have to be, you know, figuratively or physically, literally violent actions. Every little thing you do changes the environment. It can change it dramatically or it can change it simply. The second mistake that people tend to make 
And this applies across the board. You've heard people go, well, I tried that once. It didn't work. <laughs> I love, you know, you tell somebody, hey, you know, you should try, you know, try, try YouTube channel. I, I tried. I made a video once. It doesn't work. He's like really negative, sad sack people. I tried it once. It didn't work. Well, it's like, well, what did you do? Did you do it right? Did you learn anything? Was it well executed? So, so related to that, the second mistake that people make is that they think if I do one action, that's what I need. I just need to figure out that one action that changes the environment to my, to my benefit, to my favor. That's not necessarily how it works. And you get into the John uh, Boyd's OODA loop. There's a whole another kind of, you know, uh, well, I say element or facet to this thing. We're not going to get into that today, but you have to understand that when it's almost like untangling a knot, when you look at a knot, it's not clear how to untangle it. You don't know. So what you do, especially if it's like a lot of yarn or some or string, it's one of those tricky ones. I don't mean like someone tied a knot, but like you've got all this knotted up line. If you want to untangle it, you don't figure it all out ahead of time. You start picking at a thread or one of the strings and you pick it, pick it, loosen it up. Maybe that one pulls loose. When you do that, then all of a sudden it's like a puzzle. The next one pulls loose and you start to figure. And over time, you're like, oh, I got it. I finally untangled this thing. No one sits and looks at that thing unless there's some type of like savant and says, I have to untangle it in my mind and then I will execute flawlessly. That's the, that's like the matrix. Okay. Like I know Kung Fu, <laughs> you know, you just, you just like jack into the, to the data bank. It just does a, an upload into your head. And now you've got the answer. It doesn't work that way. You pick at it and action is the same way. And here's why, like when you pick at that thread, every time you pick at it, you're changing the nature of that, that jumbled up, knotted up mess. And every time you change it, it gives you more opportunity to try different things. Things loosen up. And over time, you get to the solution. Now, that's untangling something. But when you're acting and you're changing your environment, every time you change your environment, you've kind of reset the board a little bit. And that gives you new opportunities. It gives you new avenues of action, new pathways. And it also causes those in that environment to also react in a way. And if you're clever about it, or just a little lucky, <laughs> when you act, you know, you can get other people to react in certain ways. And you, you find yourself kind of now guiding and managing your environment and your situation in ways that you couldn't before. So the second mistake is just this idea that I, you know, I do one action and that's out. No, you've, you act the environment changes, you act again, you keep acting on that environment. And over time, if you're skillful, you're able to get your environment to a place that is more suitable and allows you to thrive. And this doesn't have to necessarily be conflict with another person. Let's say you're, let's say you're in debt. You know, you, you in, we're sitting in a society where people have real problems and they just want a silver bullet solution. Let's say you went to college, you got your degree, and now you get a metric buttload of student loans. And you're struggling to find a job and you're frustrated and, you, and the job you have doesn't pay enough and, and, you know, whatever. I mean, what's the common experience right now? People are struggling. And so what people do, they look at the situation, they're just like, well, this sucks. I can't get, I'm stuck. I, it's not fair. I'm stuck. Someone fix this for me. Please, government, fix it. 
I got ripped off. This is a, this is a scam. You, you know, but it's the people that want to live life on their own terms that say, wait a minute, I don't know how to pay off a hundred thousand dollars. I really don't, but I can, I, I could start making a little extra money. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, this sounds silly. I know this is like so old school. Oh, Mike, you're so old school. You know, I'm going to cut some of my expenses. Okay. That's an obvious one, but you can't cut yourself to what, you know, to growth. I mean, you can, you can cut back. That's good. But maybe there's another element. Maybe it's my time. It's like, you know, I could probably get a part-time job. Yeah, it would suck to stock shelves at night at the supermarket, but quite frankly, or to work at a distribution center or whatever. But quite frankly, I'm just sitting around playing video games anyway, pissed off at the world, wishing that my man Bernie won so that I could have my debt taken care of. Rather than do that, why not act on your situation? And if you start to earn an extra 50 bucks a day, an extra few hundred dollars a week of, you know, whatever that is. It's not just that you can chip away slowly, but if you look at your loans, you know, I could probably knock the small one out pretty quickly. And I bet as I'm working on that, if I try to, you know, over the next six months, level up and get a better paying full-time job, plus this part-time job, plus I knock out that first loan, you know, whatever that is, you start to get some exponential speed. You get some, you get a change situation where all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I could get out of this thing. So I know that sounds like, oh, that's just such like dad advice. But I'm looking at the world around me and I'm like, yeah, we need dad advice. We need fathers. I think all of us could use a good kick in the pants sometimes. That's what dads are great for. The old school. You know, there's a Bible verse in Proverbs that says something to the effect of, you know, a stall is uh, clean for lack of an ox. If you want a nice tidy stall, you don't want a stall with all kinds of shit everywhere, <laughs> then don't have an ox because oxes make a mess. But the other side that kind of implied understood thing is the thing that's being inferred. Actually, it's being implied. I would infer it from what's being implied is that when you have an ox, you can get real work done. Oxes create wealth. You can leverage them. They're strong. They're beasts. They can pull a plow. You can, you can do all kinds of stuff. You can create wealth. You can feed a family. You can feed a village with an ox. But yeah, they, they have a messy, they make a messy stall. And you know what? Dads, dads is creating a mess. Dads are knuckleheads. Dads are insensitive, stupid, clueless, etc. at times. And dads sometimes don't make you feel happy because they're telling you to clean your room and to kick in the pants, get a job, cut your hair. We're talking old school now. Dads are dads don't do that crap anymore. They're wimps. <laughs> and I'm not trying to talk about machismo here. This isn't like, oh, old school dad. I'm just saying fathers sometimes push their children. That's their job. And it's not always good or it's, I should say it's not always, it always feel good, but they add value because sometimes that's what we need. So yeah, this is a bit of dad advice, but on another level, what's wrong with that? Don't you think we could use a little bit more fatherhood in this world that we live in? You know, sometimes we are so quick to want to get rid of those things we don't like. We want to remove that fence that's in our way, that fence that's been there 
for a hundred years, for a couple hundred years, it's just like, ugh, the stupid thing. I want to just make my way in the stupid fence and this gate is in the way and I just want to rip it out so I can traverse a little easier. And G.K. Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton, blah, say that 10 times fast, uh, said in one of his, well, I don't know if it was orthodoxy, but he made the kind of quip that, you know, conservatism teaches like, don't yank that fence or gate out until you know what it's there for. In our society, we're so quick to rip things out. Uh, we're frustrated. We don't like the way things are. We don't want to look at the past. We don't want to listen to those voices. We just want to move forward. Would somebody just make my student debt go away? Would somebody just make those SOBs pay that put me in this situation? And yeah, I'm all for an equitable society. I'm all for things being, you know, a level playing field, fair, I don't like seeing the elite, the rich get away with literal murder, treason, things like that, while the rest of us, you know, get put up against the wall if we, uh, if we dare to question, uh, you know, COVID-19 mask wearing or, or taxes or whatever. But I would encourage you, look at your environment around you. Think about the power of action. It's such a simple thing. This is just such a simple thing, but it's so powerful and it's overlooked. I, I'm not saying forget everything else. This will solve all your problems. This is, this is the solution. But if you think about your situation, maybe there's a situation you're frustrated with. Maybe there's a situation that you feel a little bit overwhelmed by. Just start acting. Don't, you don't, and you don't even have to, you know, like with, with my work sometimes, sometimes I've got like a really big problem, really big conceptual challenge in my consulting work. And it's like, oh, I'm overwhelmed by this thing. Sometimes you just got to start picking at the thread. I just have to start chipping away at it. Now, now it's easy to avoid it. I might say, well, I'm going to go, uh, you know, reconcile the checkbook <laughs> and pay the bills. And, so, and sometimes that's good because it's like, okay, I have a sense of accomplishment. I don't feel like I'm wasting time. That kind of gets me in the right frame of mind. But a lot of times that's just avoiding that harder work. And we avoid that harder work. I do, at least because it's so big. It's so conceptual. It's like, I don't know where to start. It's so, I can't digest it. I don't have an answer. But man, when I start to pick at a thread, I just start acting on the problem without the solution yet. I get there. It starts to open up and I have transformed it through the strength of my will and the implementation of my will through, through action. So think about that. I'd love to know what you think about it when you've had a chance to kind of mull it over. Maybe this is something that you've been, you know, considering yourself or that you're really adept at. Maybe it's new to you and you'd like to learn a little bit more, or maybe kick around. Like, well, what does this mean in the real world? Get in touch with me. I'd love to have a conversation. I'm really grateful when people reach out that listen to the show. You can find me at a few places. You go to my website, Mike Gaston, G-A-S-T-I-N.com, Mike Gaston.com. On the homepage, there's a contact form. You can also sign up for my newsletter on that homepage. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. I love connecting with people there. Uh, if you do invite me to connect with you to join your network, just mention that you heard my show and you wanted to, you want to connect. I'd love to do that. Guys, I hope that you are all doing well. I hope you have a fantastic week. Please know Uncle Mike loves you. I love you guys. I'm grateful for this audience. And I want you to thrive. I want you to be able to live life on your own terms. I want you to be able to succeed in this ever-challenging and increasingly uh, dark 
world that we're finding ourselves in. So I will continue to do my best. Maybe we'll be back to our regular programming next episode. Maybe not. But I'm glad to have you along today. God bless you guys. Love you. And I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you.